Hey, it's Melissa Moore, and happy to have you here on this Sunday morning for Mile High Magazine. I got to tell you, if you're a history buff, you'll love Colorado history. You are really going to like this interview. Our next guest is Coco Christ. She is the executive director of the Governor's Residence Preservation Fund here in Colorado. And so many people don't know a lot about the Governor's Residence and how it's downtown Denver and the money it takes to keep it moving. Plus the fact that they have ornaments for sale every year. You can collect those. So really excited about this conversation today. Good morning, Coco. Good morning. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So let's talk about the Colorado Governor's Residence. Tell me a little bit about it and the organization. Sure. So the mansion was built in 1908 as a private residence for the widow and daughter of real estate tycoon Walter Cheeseman. Sadly, he passed before the residence was completed. Um, but his wife and daughter lived there until his wife passed in 1923. And after she died, Claude and Edna Betcher purchased the home um, and lived there until they also passed away. And after they died, the Betcher Foundation decided to gift the residence to the state of Colorado to be used as an executive residence for the governors. So in 1959, um, on the last day of 1959, actually, Governor McNichols accepted um, the residence as a gift to the state, and um, all governors have lived there at some point since. That is, I mean, that is a pretty incredible history when you when you think about it. Um, and I'm sure that it has taken a lot of work to keep that home up and going. Uh, tell me a little bit about why it needs a preservation fund. Absolutely. So many people don't realize that taxpayer dollars do not really cover the ongoing maintenance of the residents. They really um, just cover health and safety concerns. So the Preservation Fund was established in 2008 by Jeannie Ritter, and really our purpose is to maintain the residence and keep it, keep all of the contents inside the Betcher collection, all of the artifacts, and um, just make sure that everything is well maintained in perpetuity for the people of Colorado. So, I mean, there's obviously, it takes a lot of work and a lot of money to keep all that going. It does, yeah. So the house is over 20,000 square feet. Um, And there's constantly a project that needs to be worked on. So Mm -hmm. currently we are um, repainting and refurnishing the main floor. So we've recovered a lot of the historic pieces that the Betchers purchased during their travels. that still remain in the home. And um, we are refurnishing the palm room and the dining room right now. So that's all money that the preservation fund and and that money, that's what that's used for, projects like you're just describing. Correct. So those are all um, either provided through grants or private funding. So explain to me this. When a governor moves in with their family, what's left in there? Where do they put their things? How does that all kind of come together? Right. So the main floor, most of the main floor still contains a lot of the collection pieces that were gifted by the Betcher Foundation. And then the Second level and the third level are the private residences. Um, And currently the governor does not live at the mansion, but um, he stays there quite often. And during the pandemic, it has never been more well used. Um, But 
he, when Governor Polis moved from Washington, D.C., a lot of his private furniture came with him and is now on the second level of the residence. So the second and the third Mm -hmm. level, that's where the private furniture and if the family lives there, that's where they stay. Exactly. Yes. And if the governor's only there kind of part time right now, what else is the house used for? Well, so during the pandemic, all of the meetings were moved to the residence and we have um, almost a full square block. And a lot of that is um, terrace and gardens on the south side of the residence. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the meetings were being held outside. Um, and currently all of our holiday gatherings are outside. Um, he also has taken part of the Tebow Visitor Center, which is down at our carriage house. And that is where you see all the press conferences taking place. Okay. I wondered about that. I mean, it's always beautiful. It always looks incredible. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about the history and the ownership of the governor's mansion, because women have such a strong presence in that history. And I know we've touched on it a little bit here. Right. So like I mentioned, um, Walter Tiesman passed before the house was completed. So his daughter, Gladys, and his wife, um, Alice, finished the plans for the residence. And originally it was supposed to be 40,000 square feet. But now that Walter was no longer with them, they decided to scale it back um, and have it be only 26,000 square feet. (laughs) So um, they finished the project and those two women lived in the residence. So Alice um, lived on the second level of the residence and then Gladys and John Evans II lived on the third level. Um, so they all live there together. So it was not meant to be really kind of a two-family home. Um, yeah. So then after Alice passed, Gladys sold the residence to the Betcher family. And um, I think it was on, I'm pretty sure it was on Valentine's Day of 1924, Claude gifted the residence to um, Edna Betcher for Valentine's Day. So it was really only owned by a man for maybe a month or two. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. I know it is. Yeah. And they're just, you know, I think Edna and Alice were really free spirited women. And um, they, you know, we've always taken pride that the home has been owned by a woman or the state of Colorado. So, yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about the governor's residence preservation fund and some of the projects that you raise money for. Sure. So the Preservation Fund is a nonprofit, and it was established by Jeannie Ritter in 2008. And really what our mission is, is to make sure that the residence is well-maintained and that the collection pieces are also being taken care of. Um, But also we provide free public programming throughout the year. And this year has been a little different because we haven't been able to welcome the public into the house safely yet. Um, But typically we offer a standards-based Uh, education program that we call How Colorado Became a State. And we welcome third, fourth, and fifth graders in because they study Colorado history in those Mm -hmm. grades. And we share the stories of how Colorado became a state and then also of the governors and a little bit about the families that have lived there. Um, But really, those stories are told during our historic tours that we offer in the summers. Mm -hmm. And then we also participate in Doors Open Denver. And then usually during the holidays, we have days of holiday tours where people can come in and hear the stories that we share during our historic tours, but also enjoy all of the fun holiday decorations that we display. Yeah. So, I mean, COVID really and the pandemic has really changed things for you all. It really has. But, you know, we're hopeful as more people get vaccinated 
that the summer will be open again and that we'll be able to have our education students come in and, you know, and just enjoy and learn about Colorado history and the culture and um, just leadership and civics. I think we're in a really great position to share those stories. And we usually also partner with the Capitol mm-hmm. um, during these education tours. So the kids will go to the Capitol in the morning and the residents in the afternoon or vice versa. Um, so they just get a, a full day of great opportunities to be um, in the residence and at the Capitol. Yeah, and I've been in the governor's residence before, and it's it's just always stunning to me. Oh, thanks. You know, it requires a lot of work and money, and um, so that's what we're doing. We're trying to raise money through private private funding, and we also sell um, annual ornaments, which is also one of our biggest fundraisers throughout the year. Yeah. So you can still order your ornament online. Um, we did produce a new ornament this year. Um, and I, I'll be shipping those out shortly. I'm just waiting for them to arrive at the mansion, and, and then they'll be shipped out to everyone. All right. So it's a 2021 commemorative ornament. Tell me about it, and how much is it? Sure. So it's $35. Um, and this year, we decided to feature the Cheeseman family. We haven't really shared much of their story during when we produced these ornaments. Um, so this year, we decided to feature Alice Cheeseman. She was actually one of the first women in Colorado to hold a driver's license. And she was a real free spirit and loved to drive. And um, so originally the facade of the home, the front entrance was supposed to be on Logan street, Mm -hmm. but it was changed after Walter Cheeseman passed because they scaled down the house. So this year we're featuring the West portico, um, which is what I think is, which should be the front of the home. It's Uh really stately. It's got four huge pillars. um, And that was originally supposed to be the main entrance of the home. So we're featuring the West Portico and Alice Cheeseman driving an early uh, Ford Model T. Love it. That is fun. And this is the this is the 13th in the series. Is that right? Yes. So we started producing these the first year the fund was established. So we always feature either the outside of the residence or the carriage house or the gardens or um, an object inside. So for people maybe that didn't get the 2020 ornament or the 2019, can they still get it or are they gone? Nope. They're all still available on our website, coloradoshome.org. And um, you can get all 13 if you like, or just purchase single ornaments. Um, But they're commemorative and they don't have a date, so they'll never be dated and really high quality. It's the same company that makes the White House ornaments, if anyone's familiar with those. Okay. And yeah, they're solid brass and then dipped in 24 karat gold. God, how beautiful. I'm looking at a picture of this year's ornament and it is absolutely gorgeous. And so where do they need to go to order this year or any of the ornaments? www.coloradoshome.org. And it's on our gift shop page. Okay, perfect. And we've talked a lot about the Cheeseman family. Tell me a little bit about Walter Cheeseman for people that may not know. Yeah, so he came to Denver in about 1861 from Chicago. And he was 23 years old. Uh, His brothers were already living here and had a pharmacy business. So he came out here to join them. But then his brothers ended up leaving Um, And he married, he was married twice, actually. He married um, Elizabeth Lister in 1869, and they had a young son. Um, She died during childbirth, Um, and then their son actually died at the age of two. So he had a lot of personal tragedies early in his life and with his first family. But then he met Alice, and she was actually a widow at the time. 
and they got married and had Gladys their daughter. That is that is really cool. And, you know, I I think that just the more we learn about Colorado history, the more we learn about the home. It's just I mean, it's fascinating to that have that kind of history right here in Denver. Yeah. And he was actually, you know, he um, was a real real estate tycoon early on. And then he also built um, Denver's first dam and water system. If anyone's um, familiar with Jefferson County, the Cheeseman Dam is out there and it's still in operation. Oh, wow. So, okay. um, yeah, he he did a lot to establish Denver as a city, a big city in, in the state. Yeah, I think a lot of people know Cheeseman Park and that's about all they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what a great chance to get to know more about this. And I love too. I mean, for somebody that loves Colorado and loves the history and loves the history of the West, and I think so many people are just fascinated by it, um, the ornament would be such a cool gift. Yeah, and there, I mean, we have 13 in the series and they all tell an interesting story and we always try to pull a little bit of Colorado history into the story also. So each ornament comes with a little card or booklet um, that describes the ornament and the story behind it. Right, and they're $35 plus shipping, coloradoshome.org, is that right? Correct. Well, and I hope the tours get open again this summer. I mean, that is that is just one of those things that I think just makes it feel so different living here in Colorado, such a big state, and yet you have these tours and it feels so intimate. I know. I agree. And we're, we're very hopeful. Um, so we're just, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this spring and summer. But um, if people are interested in a tour, they can always send an email to info at org. Or just keep checking our website, coloradoshome.org, and I will be updating that um, as things progress. Coco Chris, the Executive Director of the Colorado Residents Preservation Fund. Thank you for talking with us. It's been interesting. I love how every time we talk, I learn so much. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and definitely look forward to seeing that ornament in person and getting those tours started again. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. I love learning about Colorado's history and just the fact that we have it right here in our state, somewhere like the Governor's Residence, where you can go and you can take tours. Hopefully those are going to come back this summer. You heard us talking earlier about the ornaments for sale. So to get more information on this interview, any of the things we talked about, all you need to do is go to the radio station's website, look up this podcast about the Governor's Residence Preservation Fund, and you'll find information there. You can always share it on your social media or really go back and research any of the past topics we've had. It is the Sunday before Christmas, so go out, have a blessed day, be kind to everyone. I think a little extra kindness this weekend is definitely probably going to be in store and very much needed. Have a great one. I'll see you back here next Sunday.